0: It's time for the first holiday hot mess episode of Keeping the Yuletide Gay with Gayson. So grab your cocoa and jingle your bells, because here we go. Welcome to Keeping the Yuletide Gay with Gason. I'm your host, Gason, or, you know, as my friends just call me, Jason. You know, I was always hosting my other podcast, which I'll do a shameless plug right now, called Gabbing with Gason. I realized I really wanted to host a podcast about my favorite time of the year, which is Christmas. And there's so many amazing podcasts about Christmas out here. You can find all kinds. And I thought, well, how do I make mine just a little bit different? Well, it came to me. You know, I really love those old Christmas specials hosted by people like Bob Hope and Andy Williams and Paul Lind and, you know, even some newer ones like that amazing one that happened so many years ago with Jessica Simpson and Nick Lachey. It's tragic. You have to watch it. It's available on YouTube. Uh, I thought I'd kind of make mine a little bit like that with a little bit more of gayson. So a little bit of dash of gay and a little bit more of Jason. And I am so excited to be hosting this. It's, it's been a dream of mine, so I'm really excited, and I hope you really enjoy the show. You know, the show's gonna air on the 24th of every month, as Christmas Eve is the most exciting night of the year. Well, next to, you know, gay Halloween. Uh, we'll be having segments about festive fun facts and recipes and crafts and gifts ideas, even Christmas special reviews. I know, it's a lot going on, but I'm really excited. So I knew that I couldn't do it alone, So I invited some close friends to help out. OMG, are you talking about us? Yes, Carol, but you gotta give me time to get to you. We're not even ready. I'm sorry, did I miss my cue? Uh, Yes, I mean, no, I mean, Mrs. Claus, it's not, it's not time yet. You know, you know, I'm going to let everybody know when we're ready to go. Okay, so head back to the green room and we'll bring you out when we're supposed to. (sighs) Anyway, so I have some friends here to help us out with all things Christmas and more. Um, So as I was saying, the show's going to be released on the 24th of every month because Christmas Eve really is my favorite time of the year because it's, as a kid, on Christmas Eve, you start to get that anticipation. You start getting excited. You know what's going to happen. Um, Jason,
1: I'm actually busy on Christmas Eve with sleigh prep.
0: No, Ned, we're not recording on Christmas Eve. The show will air. Go back to the green room. Oh, (sighs) So as you can see, it's going to be a hot mess of a show. I can't wait for you all to keep listening. Uh, We're going to move into our first segment. It's our Festive Fun Facts. Our first Festive Fun Fact is all about...
1: Christmas in July seems early.
0: That's the great Ethel Merman lending her voice to tell us all about Christmas in July from the Rudolph and Frosty's Christmas in July Christmas special. So let's talk about Christmas in July. You know, the term Christmas in July really gained notoriety in 1940 when there was a movie of the same name, Uh, Same name premiered, which honestly, it has nothing to do with Christmas. I just watched it recently. It's cute. Um, it's a, it's a movie about a guy who's tricked into believing he's won money for an advertising contest. And so he goes out and spends the money basically before, uh, he finds out the truth and he spends all this money buying presents for his friends and his family and his neighbors. Um, his, he proposes to his girlfriend, uh, and then eventually finds out that it was all a joke and he didn't win, um. Like I said, it's cute, it's quaint, it's actually really short, uh, so if you like old-timey black-and-white movies, it might be your thing, it may not be, but anyway, I digress. Uh, also, you know, back in 1944, the U.S. Post Office, the U.S. Army, and the U.S. Navy all got together with the American advertising and greeting card industries, and they threw a Christmas in July luncheon in New York. And the purpose of that was to start promoting early uh, an early Christmas mailing campaign to our are servicemen and women overseas during World War II. And then just a few short years later, that's when American advertisers began using Christmas in July uh, themes in their print ads and commercials to start early summertime sales, which, like I said, is kind of how I thought it was supposed to be when I was in retail. Uh, and then at that point, um, television stations now can have started to rerun Christmas specials. Um, we have radio stations that start playing Christmas music during July. Um, you'll see Hallmark start running all of Their, I don't know if the word is amazing. Not all of them. Their Christmas movies. That's a great way to put it. In quotes. Um, And also, I mean, can we get a Yas Queen for QVC? Uh, Yeah they have their Christmas in July sale and it's fantabulous. So all of that is happening during July, which is really, really cool. But there actually are some celebrations as well, like real Christmas in July celebrations, especially in the uh, the Southern hemisphere, where our seasons are kind of reversed, you know, for us, Christmas falls in the winter, which is December, January, and February. However, when it's winter here for our southern hemisphere countries, it's actually the dead of summer. So, a lot of them have a midwinter Christmas um, during their winter season, which is our summer season, uh, to celebrate Christmas as well. Now, they also still celebrate, though, those countries that do and the people that do celebrate Christmas, they still celebrate it on December 25th, which is uh, awesome. Um, Something that I only learned about maybe a few years ago is that some people celebrate a special Christmas moment in June of all places. Uh, It's called Leon Day. It's on June 25th, and Leon Day, uh, first off, is Noel spelled backwards. Uh, But for us Christmas, uh, Christmas fiends, uh, Noel, uh, I'm sorry, uh, Leon Day uh, is there to help. Us celebrate and remember that we're officially halfway through the year, meaning we're officially halfway through Christmas, which is very exciting. And so I plan on doing an episode about Leon day next June. So it's really cool. Uh, now, I, as my friends know, I celebrate Christmas all year round. I watch Christmas movies. Um, I'm weird, I have trouble falling asleep at night unless I'm listening to Christmas music and it just, you know, whatever whatever genre it's gonna be, whether it's Bing or the Carpenters or Jessica Simpson, I'm sorry, uh, <laughs> or whomever, uh, a fan favorite will always be Dolly and Kenny, uh, but anyway, listening to Christmas music helps me relax and fall asleep. So, um, someone recently asked me, well, how do you celebrate Christmas in July? Cause you're such a Christmas freak. And for me, what I do is I watch my top five favorite Christmas movies, and I'm going to rattle them off, but I'm sure we're going to talk about them more throughout the season. Um, But my favorite movies are movies like White Christmas and Christmas Vacation, of course, and Scrooge with Bill Murray. And you can't celebrate Christmas without watching The Muppets Christmas Carol. It's huge. It's amazing. It's wonderful. And then there's a there's a a movie that I really love that's not that well known, um, and it's the Lemon Drop Kid with Bob Hope, so I will do a whole show about that too. Um, but I love that. So what I'd love to know, though, is what about you? Tell, tell us how you celebrate Christmas in July. I mean, you can do that multiple ways. You can either drop us an email at keeping the Yuletide Gay at gmail.com or if you don't feel like writing and you just want to leave a quick voicemail you totally can do that as well too all you have to do is go to anchor.fm slash keeping the yuletide gay there'll be a link right there that says uh, leave a voicemail it is super easy it's free Um, just go ahead and let us know what's your favorite Christmas uh, how you celebrate uh, your favorite way to celebrate Christmas in July and uh, we'll play it on the show at a later episode so we can't wait to hear how how you celebrate, and that might actually give us some ideas for how we want to talk about other festive fun facts uh, throughout the year as well. She puts the mess in Christmas, and she's a holiday queen. It's time for Christmas Carol. OMG, it's me, Christmas Carol. Well, I'll tell you what, when Jason asked me to be on his show, I screamed, You'll betcha to the high heavens. I said, Well, yeah, of course, Jason. You know I'm gonna you know I'm gonna be on that show. You know, I'm just a drag queen here in the area. (laughs) But just like Santa, I can only come out once or uh, once a year or so. You know, depending on what I've got going on, because I'm a busy gal and and drag is just simply a part of my life. You know, let me tell you, I'm not one of those flashy, stylish uptown Minnesota Minneapolis, Minnesota queens, no. Nor am I one of those dirty, flirty queens, either. I'm just a small-town gal from Mount Rose, Minnesota, and I even tried to be a beauty queen up there, but you know what? They said, nope. I just wasn't a right fit. Well, I said, piss, yeah, I'm not. And instead, I packed up my glue gun, an old dress, a box of Christmas supplies, a crown royal bag of hopes and dreams, and I made me a homemade Christmas party dress, and then I went out and painted the town red and white like a candy cane. And that's how Christmas Carol came to be. You know, I'm pretty crafty, don't you know? But I count soul worth a darn. You know, there's so many different types of crafting out there that I could honestly do just my own show, just about all of them. But I really wanted to use this episode to talk to you for a second about supporting your local drag artists. Yeah, you know, COVID has affected everyone economically, but no one worse than our friends in the arts. So please check on your friends who are actors and actresses and musicians and artists and writers. And yes, drag performers. Make sure they're doing okay. Drag is a craft, don't you know? You have to craft a persona and outfits and song choices. Invent petty rivalries with that trashy queen down there in Watertown. Anyway,
2: check out your local queens. And if you don't know any, then just search drag queens and kings online. You're going to learn a lot. And you know what? They accept
0: tips for performing, even if they're doing videos for you to see. Because, you know, some of them can't even perform in the clubs right now because of COVID. So, you know, they might have a special online show that you might find out about. And if you're even interested in doing drag, and I'm talking to you, the one that's listening, having a nice can of pop. You know, I'm talking to you. If you're interested, reach out to a queen and say, hey there. Hey, adapt me. Help me become fabulous like you, you know. So I have two amazing friends who are queens in our St. Louis area here. And you should find them. You can do it on the Facebook, you know. So um, they're my <laughs> two sisters from different masters You know, one of them I've seen ever since she first started in drag. And I've seen her become this fantabulous person. Her name is Mercury Poisoning. I'm going to say that again because I've got kind of a little accent. It's Mercury Poisoning. Mm-hmm. She sounds a little dark. But she's great. And you know who else you should check out? Uh, if you love a funny, amazing, talented queen too. Uh, Desiree Decline. Yeah. Listen, once you see her Ursula, you are gonna be aghast and agab. Yeah, you are. Yeah, these two are fierce, funny, and fabulous. So you've got to come check them out. Let them know if you go to their pages. Say, hey, I heard from Christmas Carol that your St. Louis is great. So we want to hear from you, you know. And maybe eventually you'll get to meet the two of them. Because I have a feeling they might come on this show for Jason. So anyway, I apologize because I know I'm supposed to be talking about crafting right now. But... Here's the deal, when I come back in our next episode, I'll teach you a little bit about crafting. In fact, I'll probably tell you how about how Carol here makes her not famous party dresses. Yeah, without making an actual dress. Cause I, again, can't stitch worth a darn. So, you know,
2: until next time y'all, keep crafting, okay?
0: Now it's time to bring on everyone's favorite holiday hostess, The one and only, Mrs. Claus.
2: Hello, dear listeners. I'm so excited that you're joining me in Geeson's Kitchen. (laughs) I am Mrs. Claus. Uh, I'm a little less famous than my husband, but let me tell you, I'm just as important. Yes, my husband is Santa. (laughs) We've been married for... My God, it's been millennia. I don't really know anymore when our wedding even was, but we have been married for a very long time. And so I want to welcome you to the first ever uh, Mrs. Claus's Tasty Treats for your holiday fun time segment. (laughs) You know, a little fact that you may not know about me is that I have various roles up here at the North Pole. Uh, Not only do I make sure my husband eats healthy every now and then, I also do all the cooking and oversee all the cooking for all of Santa's helpers. Yes. Now, the other thing that I do is I have to become a hostess quite often. You see, Santa has lots of meetings with various world leaders and and important celebrities. Um, And, you know, every now and then a toy company will come and he'll forget to tell me. And I'll have to rush putting things together because he cannot remember to use the holiday calendar like I've told him. Either way, it doesn't matter. So, um... I'm also in charge of all of the kitchens around uh, here in the North Pole. Now, the the other thing to remember is that I'm also responsible for coming up with lots of new recipes for candies and cakes and cookies and treats and all kinds of holiday good nummy nums and occasionally a a punch or or a beverage of adult nature. You know, I've been known as a partier in my younger millenniums. (laughs) So anyway, that's part of my job here at the North Pole. So let's get on with the segment because I don't get that much time, he told me. Um, So today's tasty treat is called Santa's Crunchy Balls. They're so delicious, they like melt in your mouth. Um, So what you'll need for today's um, Crunchy Balls uh, segment is you're going to need a bottle of sherry, a package of chocolate sandwich cookies, we all know what I'm talking about. Apparently, because they're not a sponsor, I'm not supposed to mention their name. However, it's a chocolate cookie with a creamy center, and then another chocolate cookie on top. We all know who they are. Uh, but Gason said he'll he'll take um he'll take any money. So, you know, reach out. Um, anyway, um, and a half a stick of butter. Now, the other thing you've got to remember to have your kitchen tools with you. So our tools for the kitchen. <laughs> Um, you know, I've got tools too, Santa. Mm. Um, is a, a one drinking glass, uh, two bowls, a cookie sheet, a rolling pin, a spatula, and a large bag that zips close and locks in place. My God, it's like we're on a 1980s commercial show program that isn't allowed to say brand names. This is whatever we know what brand it is. They zip close. If you if you don't know what that is, I I I, I don't know how to help. So anyway, um the, the first step, of course, is to open your bottle of sherry and pour it into your drinking glass because we all love a good glass of sherry while we're in the kitchen. just fill it up to the top and you know because you are getting ready to create something new i always find that you should uh, toast yourself because it does um you know it it helps you to really get in the mood to cook and make two treats so um my toast today is drink up christmas grinches (laughs) this will put a smile on your face so, anyway, let's take a glassy and clinky clink imaginary together. Ooh, it's always good to have a nip of sherry when you begin your new project. So, the first step of what we're trying to do right now is uh, we're going to open the sandwich cookies up. And you've got to, my God, still, you, you pull them out and then you're going to put the sandwich cookies into the bag that zips closed. So one moment while I seal up the, the, the locking feature. My God. All right. Now, now is you need to get your next tool out, which is your rolling pin. And you have two choices. You can either take your rolling pin and roll over the cookies, you know, like so. Until they're crunched well. Now you don't want them a paste. Or you can do what I do sometimes. When you really need to work out some frustrations, you can just simply take your rolling pin and look at that bag of cookies. And you can say, "Listen here, this is this is how I feel today." And you could take the rolling pin and you could just go. Now, notice I only hit it once. That's silly. So you could just beat it out of it, and you know, just keep hitting it and hitting it and hitting it and saying, "Get your own damn cocoa." I'm sorry. Anyway. Now that your cookies are crunched up, not a paste, crunched up, you can empty them into your first bowl. This will be a regular plastic mixing bowl this time. The next thing we're going to do is to take your stick of butter. Remember, it's a half a stick of butter. uh, Unwrap it, drop it into your bowl. And then you're going to take your wonderful mosh, your wonderful little mosh. Oh, I just hit the microphone. You're going to. It's hard in the kitchen. You're going to take your marshmallows and butter. Uh, Now, the bowl that I'm using for this is a glass bowl because I like to make sure things mix appropriately and properly. So you're going to take a glass bowl and we're going to put it into the microwave. This is how simple this little tasty treats recipe is. We'll take it to the microwave and, oh! There is glass and mellows and butter. It's everywhere, I, uh, okay, Um, we're going to, t- oh God, it's my first show, it's okay, it's okay. Drink your sherry, okay, all right. We're going to take just a quick moment here. Give me just a second, I'm, I'm literally just going to sweep it all into a into a pile, it's, it, thank God, it's, oh God. Uh, you know what I'm going to do? We don't have time for me to clean it up. I'm just going to shove it out of the way and uh, continue on with the process of of, of of doing this again. So anyway, get another bowl. Try not to break it. Put your butter in and your, and your mellows. And we're going to microwave that for 30 seconds, stir it, and microwave it again. And w- when you do that, you'll be able to see um, the, 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 the marshmallow and the butter create a, a delicious-looking frothy fun time So we're going to uh, give me one moment to get that going. We don't want to hear the microwave on on the podcast. It'll probably blow us all up anyway with the way things are going. Have a sip of sherry. I'll be right back. Okay. It's great. Okay. So we're back. <laughs> Everything is wonderful. So I've mixed the mellows and the butter together finally with when they cut myself three times and um, we're going to mix it and, and you put it, you take the melted mixture of mellows and butter and you honestly, you just put it in the bowl with the cookies and it's very sticky. Everybody it's, it's awful. It's sticky. It's a. It's it's goopy. But it's going to make a very tasty treat um, that Santa I know loves. That's why it's named after him. So what we're going to do is you you take it and you're going to you're you you're going to get messy. You're going to get very messy now. So be prepared. Um, now even little ones can help, but be careful because the 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 the, the marshmallows are very sticky. So, you're going to take the cookies, and you're going, okay, all right, I'm getting ahead of myself. You're going to take the cookies and the marshmallows, and you're going to mix them together, Um, and you know, you can use your spatula, you you might, you know, normally I have like 30 elves helping me out here. Um, You can also just take your spatula, my God, I got cookies all over the damn counter, (laughs) watch your language. Watch your language, Mary Elizabeth. Watch your language. All right, and so you mix it together, and then you're, you're going to um God. I need the tiny hands of elves. Um, so you're going to you're going to mix them together. And they you're going to take some cookies and some mellow, and you're going to some, how roll them into a one-inch bowl. <laughs> um, it will take a moment or so to actually get the bowl going and then you'll you'll drop the bowl onto the cookie sheet. Now um, it doesn't matter really what it, size doesn't matter when it comes to the bowls all right. So um oh my that that sounded really dirty. So anyway um, I try to keep the bowls about one inch maybe two um, because you don't want them to be super heavy um, you know, heavy balls are very distracting and, um, you know, you, you want these balls to, you know, sometimes be able just to go right into their mouth, um, you know, because you want that crunch and you don't want a giant sticky ball. Um, so you're going, you know, it's very gooey and you're going to just roll the balls around. Now, um, I'm going to have to pause this with apparently, you know, it's a lot going on as we roll our balls in our hands, trying to, you don't, they don't have to be smooth balls by any means. They're simply just, um, you know, misshapen balls. (laughs) Um, you know, you can still drink your sherry darlings. If that's, if that's what will help you roll your balls faster. Um, but you know, you're getting a little handball workout as we continue to roll, roll, roll our balls, um, until they are nice and, um, You know, now the balls don't have to be pretty, all right? Your balls don't have to be pretty. We don't worry about pretty balls. We're not looking at how our balls look. We're worried about our balls and how they taste. So we're going to keep going. Now, you might think that you have to really do another step, but you don't. Once your balls are firmly rolled and shaped um, appropriately, uh, you can, um, you're going to put them on that cookie sheet and you will uh, let them firm up. Yes, all you have to do is firm up your bowls. And really, the only way to firm them, honestly, is to just let them sit there and they will begin to firm up on their own. Yes, now you can let them firm up for a while. Um, Now you might have someone that's like, oh, I see you've made Santa's crunchy bowls and I can't wait to get those bowls in my mouth. Um, So they might want to have like a softer, gooier bowl. And that's okay too, you can have a warm gooey ball, but they're very, very messy, you know, and uh, they are, they're just very messy, but they're so good. And everybody here at the North Pole absolutely loves Santa's crunchy bowls. They ask, they say, Mrs. C, that's what they call me. I'm very hip. They call me Mrs. C and they say, oh, Mrs. C, are you going to, are you in the kitchen rolling Santa's bowls? And and I always have to say, not now. You know, we've got lots of other treats we can try, but they all beg for Santa's bowls. Everyone's walking around going, mm, I heard Mrs. Claus was in the kitchen rolling Santa's bowls again. It's going to be a wonderful, wonderful dinner tonight. Now, this recipe, which is one package, depending on how many, uh, how big your bowls are, um, you could probably make up to two dozen bowls. So, again, all we do is you just keep rolling, try to keep them a little bit of a part on the on the cookie sheets so that they don't stick too much together. And, um, you know, you could you could be in the kitchen making these right before dinner and they could be um, firmed up and ready to go uh, by the time that you are on the dessert course. So this recipe will make up to 24 delicious bowls of Santa. And, uh, you know, they've been called many different names out there, but I just call them Santa's Crunchy Bowls uh, because, you know, they're named after my husband. And um, because this is one of, honestly, his favorite treats. So again, we want to thank you all so much for coming to my first segment of, of Mrs. Claus's tasty treats. I hope you all enjoy these Santa's crunchy balls and serve them at your next holiday party. And trust me when I tell you, everyone will be begging to get more of Santa's balls in the mouth. Until, <gasps> oh, I, I, apologies, I've, I've hiccuped. Um, until next time, Merry Christmas, everyone, and happy treat tasting.
0: Well, here's where the podcast goes downhill. It's time for Naughty Ned's White Elephant Gift Christmas suggestions. I'm sorry, they're probably gonna offend somebody. Join us now for a classic or not-so-classic Christmas special review. So welcome to the first ever classic or not-so-classic Christmas TV special review. Um, I wanted to bring on some of my guesty-besty co-hosts from the Gabbing with Gayson show and surprise them by making them watch a classic or not-so-classic Christmas special. And this time, I surprised my guesty bestie co-host, Sarah, with a wonderful uh, treat. Right, Sarah? It was a treat, wasn't it? It was something. (laughs) (laughs) Uh, Sarah got the pleasure of watching. I, I keep saying it wrong. It's Deck the Halls with Wacky Walls. Yeah. Sarah's nodding like you all can see her. So, um, (laughs) (laughs) um, well, first of all, I had to tell you what it was because you were like, what? So we were talking earlier and I reminded you when we were younger, you could get toys out of cereal, like, like actual toys, right? Not game codes or any of that kind of stuff. And the wacky wall walkers were these plastic, sticky little gummy alien things that you got and you threw it at the wall and it would slowly climb down. Did you Did you have those when you were a kid?
3: Yeah, I did. And um, I remember using them so much that like eventually when you threw them, they just fell.
0: Oh <laughs> uh, yeah, and they would get so dirty so quickly.
3: Yeah. They were not um, they were not sanitized properly. <laughs> <laughs>
0: Oh my gosh. So I have known my friend Sarah for quite a few years now and we met working uh, for this pride organization and we both help put on a festival every year and um, we've become besties very quickly after meeting. So I felt like who better to make watch deck the halls with wacky walls than Sarah. because it's funny. And uh,
3: now. Yeah, and we're both 80s babies. Like, we grew up in the 80s, and this was very, very 80s. Like, it was very nostalgic for me, actually.
0: Yeah, that's what I was thinking, too. It, so, it aired in December uh, on, in 1983. And I was trying to remember how old I was. I don't think I was that old, honestly. I think. I'm trying to remember. I'm going to do some math on the calculator because I'm I old and I must have and been don't know. five because I was born in 78. Okay, if you were five, then I was four. So I don't remember ever watching this show,
3: even if it ever ran in reruns. Did you ever? I don't remember this at all, but I ha- I took some notes, and I'm really excited to talk to you about them <laughs> 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 because, because some of the voices were really familiar, and I don't know if you noticed that. Oh, yeah. But yeah. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, there were there so were two, I'm
0: three that I recognized very quickly.
3: Yeah, yeah. So we'll. I'm excited to talk to you about those.
0: Yeah. So the show it's it's a cartoon. It's very 80s animation for sure. Very 80s. Um, and it's about these these like they're like octopuses octopi. I don't. I don't know. Octopi. I don't like the other words, so we're just going to call them octopi. Yeah. Um, so, it's about this group of octopi, space space octopi, if you will, who get sent by their king, which is interesting. They get sent by their king to investigate this special star, which turns out to be Earth, at a very special time. Uh, shocker! It's Christmas, and he wants them to figure out what's going on. And they land, and first of all, there's a a random musical number that introduces all six of the characters. Um, now we watch this on YouTube because I'm pretty sure this never got a DVD release. Um, but if it ever does, Sarah, I'm buying it for you for Christmas. And, uh, so they go to earth. Right. And I don't, I only remember like three of their names and, um, They go to Earth, and they want to figure out what Christmas is. They meet this guy whose house is decorated, and they're trying to figure out, is Christmas a decoration? Is Christmas a meal? Is Christmas a toy? What is Christmas? And then they meet one of the worst children I've ever seen in a cartoon, ever, Daryl. He's got a great name, too. I'm sorry if anybody's named Daryl. Yeah. I'm sorry. I'm sorry. I apologize to the Daryls out there.
3: Okay. I'm Um, not going to say what I was about to say, because I was going to say, but I'm not. Okay. All right. (laughs) We're sorry, Daryl. I'm sure you're nice. Yeah. If there's Daryl's listening out there, you're great. Keep Daryl. If you're
0: offended, I'll bring you on the show as a special guest. Okay. So just, just let me know. Um, Anyway. So (laughs) they meet Daryl, who's like, honestly, the worst spoiled child they've ever seen. And he's just like screaming at his parents and uh, wants them to buy him presents. And so the whole show is like trying to figure out like what's the true meaning of Christmas, which I feel like was a big theme in every 80s cartoon special. Would you agree, Sarah, as an 80s baby?
3: Yeah, and actually, I thought that was um, a very big topic to take on in the 20 minutes that this special was.
0: <laughs> <laughs> so let me ask this. Would, do you think, as a five-year-old little, little, little Sarah, would you have sat in, in front of the TV and watched that?
3: Yeah, yeah, I do think I would have, yeah. Um, because it kind of reminded me of, like, an early, like, Smurfs, or early, like, what were they, Snorks? Snorks! Snorks. Yeah, yeah Snorks. Like, kind of early, like, that, and so, um, and I was really into that kind of stuff. So I think that I probably would have watched it. Plus with the wacky wallers, like I, I'm sure I, ha- I know I had those. Yeah. So, I, you know, I think that I would have probably watched it.
0: Yeah. I, I think I would have too. I think I would have sat there. I don't know if at four, I would have sat there through the whole thing, but probably at five, I think I would have, I would have, I would have watched it. It didn't get good reviews. I was looking to see, and it said that it just, it was ranked like one of the worst shows and it. I don't think it ever, the only time that I could think it maybe got re-aired was back when Cartoon Network or Boomerang would air stuff ago um, yeah. we found it like I said we found it on YouTube you can find the whole deck the halls with wacky walls on YouTube um, so let me ask you this what was your first impression when you first started the show
3: yeah so um, I, I actually took notes um, <laughs> so I just said that it felt very nostalgic for me um, as an adult I actually kind of liked it in a way because it felt like that, like you've already said, the 80s animation that you just don't see anymore, like everything's so high-tech. So um, I just really liked that sense of like feeling like a kid again, which is kind of what what Christmas is all about, Jason. I mean, it is, um, and
0: this is a Christmas podcast, so Ooh, yes. Carol, Carol might have just showed up there for a second. Um.
3: <laughs> and then I also said that the animation reminded me a lot of like Schoolhouse Rock,
0: which, oh, yeah.
3: In a way, which was very, like, that was my jam when I was younger. Yeah. I loved that. So, um, so yeah. I mean, the music was a little, like, it's not your classic Christmas carol type of music. Because no. you're talking about aliens coming from space and all this stuff. But... And
1: it, um,
0: was, it was, there was not a lot of music. It was really weird. There was, like, what, three songs in the whole thing? It was just kind of... And they were very random songs. They didn't... Like, the, the beginning, after we meet the king, like, so at the beginning, we meet King Kling-Kling, and I didn't even know what his name was. I had to go look it up. King Kling-Kling, and they get these six alien octopi to go to Earth, and one of them is a baby, and I'm real confused as to why they sent a baby right to go. It's in a diaper, but then it acts like an adult. I was very confused about the baby. Like I wrote yeah. down, "Why is there a baby?"
3: <laughs> I mean, it's legit. It legit had diapers on and everything and it just said its name like Boom Boom the whole time. Yeah. Um which I- by the way, because I was watching it with my husband, mm-hmm. um so Frank Welker
0: Yes. He's very popular. Ba- Baby Boo. I've looked it up now. I've got it now. I've got the names. Baby yes. Boo.
3: So he got credited for Baby Boo, but he did not get credited for the dad's voice. Oh, OK. And the dad actually spoke and like had, you know, throughout the whole thing, like Daryl's dad. Um, Can I ask did- you? So,
0: so, you know, who's Daryl dad? Daryl's dad is right. Like you have you. Do you know who Frank Welker is?
3: Yes, and um, it's actually funny because, like, I was thinking, oh, he was he was like Fred, and that's exactly Scooby-Doo. what I thought. Is he Fred? Yeah. Yes, he's Fred, and he's also Optimus Prime. Okay. Yeah. So, so many, I many know, things. I know all the things, but that's another reason why I think it was just on top of that, like on top of just the animation and everything. Mm-hmm. It was just nostalgic to me for these like great eighties. Um, cartoons that I did grow up with, like Scooby-Doo and um, Transformers, and so to hear him and like, one of his earlier works was kind of cool, actually.
0: Yeah, it seems like in the 80s, there was about ten different voice actors that got used on everything.
3: Which is good. It's good, but it is kind of jarring when you're like, oh, I know who that is right away. Right, but we looked up, I mean, I looked up some of the other voices, and, like, the one guy... He's done voices for, like, Hanna-Barbera, like, crazy. Mm -hmm. And Truss um, McNeil from The Simpsons. Was was Dot. Well, she was also Dot from Animaniacs. Oh, that's right. She was Dot. Yeah. So, and then Peter Peter Cullen. Yeah. Yeah, was another one that I was just like, oh, okay, that's cool, because he was the voice of... Well, no, Peter Cullen was the one who was, I'm sorry. Yes, you're right. Peter Peter Cullen Cullen was was Optimus Prime. He was Optimus Prime. I'm saying the wrong thing. Um, But he was also Eeyore. Yes, yes. As soon as I hear, or
0: I heard, so he plays Big Blue. You know, we should tell them the names of the aliens. So their leader is is Wacky, right? Yes. Yeah. Wacky's the leader. Then there's Big Blue. And then the only girl is Springette. Then there's Stick'em. Um, yes, <laughs> crazy legs and then bouncing baby boo and so uh, Peter Cullen plays Big Blue and you as soon as I heard his voice I was like oh he's that's Optimus Prime hands yes. down like you just you you stop paying attention that's Yeah Optimus. well that's
3: what Chris said too well and Wacky so he was the voice of um, his name was Das Butler mm-hmm. and he was the voice of like Yogi Bear Huckleberry Hound, Barney oh, Rubble
1: yeah okay. I, was
3: like, I was like that voice sounds so familiar so then you know a lot of the times when I watch these like older cartoons I'll be like that sounds so familiar I need to go look them up like in the age of the internet now
0: I agree. I do. I, I did the same thing. Now let me ask you this: Was was there? So we talk about these voices, but one of the great things about some of these older voice actors is they hit their humor perfectly. Yeah. Right. So like uh, Stick'Em, played by Marvin Kaplan, who I don't know who that is. So I'm gonna I'm gonna look him up while we're talking. But um, had one of the fun. I don't know why, but I actually laughed out loud at one of his lines. Um, he. Oh, he, he did some voices on uh, he did some voices on the Garfield show. So oh, Okay. okay. Alright, well, you know. Um, there's you know, I don't I don't really know anything else that he's done, but good for him. Anyway, he had one of the funniest lines because stick'em stick'em is naturally sticky like the rest of the wacky wall lockers, but he is super sticky, so he's always picking up trash and everything else. And somebody was like, Stick'em and he goes, I can't help it, I'm naturally adhesive.
3: Jason, shut up. Is that-, <laughs> that is in my note. It is the funniest. I don't know why that's so funny to me. I, it was really funny to me, too. And the thing is, is um, it just it, and I don't know when Christmas story. I can't remember when Christmas story came out, mm-hmm. but it reminded me because I, I wrote it here, too. I can't help it. I'm naturally adhesive. <laughs> but, it,
1: <laughs> but
3: it reminded me of the Christmas story. Um, a Christmas story when the kid gets his tongue stuck to the pole because when he says that he's also stuck to a pole and so Uh, okay okay yeah it was just one of those things where I was like okay that's kind of cute and I like I said I don't know which one came first but to me I was just like all right that's just another notch on the nostalgic pole yeah because you know it was just nice um I recognized myself in the show very quickly
0: and I don't Mm -hmm. know if you did I feel like I would be that angry yelling neighbor who has all the Christmas, he even said it as Christmas decor. <laughs> and I was like, oh my gosh, that's me at Christmas. Like his whole, so there's, they ran into this neighbor when they're trying to figure things out. And this neighbor's like, his whole house is like trashy decorated for Christmas. Like he's got a sound system outside playing Christmas carols and Christmas music. And they have like the, the dancing that that weird kid did was epic. Yes. Just you need to go for the first five minutes of the show just to see this kid doing this weird dance. But anyway, I don't know. So the aliens meet Daryl and Daryl is really horrible. And he tells his parents to buy him whatever he wants. And the dad keeps saying no. And the mom's like, oh, but honey. And Daryl's like, this is what I want. And I'm sorry. I looked at this. Daryl wants a toy car, right? And it looks like one of those, it looks like a fancy version of a big wheels. You remember big wheels? Yes. Okay.
3: But and then, then it was a thousand dollars. It was a
0: thousand dollars.
3: And then his- he's like, it was only a thousand dollars. And then the whole thing was, he, he met his friend at the mall Yeah. and his friend had bought lots of gifts. And so he was, he was just like, well, my friend's parents get to do whatever, gets to buy whatever he wants. And I'm like, take a seat. What's what is a kid Karen?
0: Right. What is a kid Karen? I don't know. What would we call a kid, a child Karen? I don't know.
2: But that he was awful, and his mom was Kyle. like,
0: "Well, no. Kyle, <laughs> Kyle, Daryl." Apparently, now, now we've offended Kyle's too. Um, <laughs> oh my gosh! But yeah, so the mom was like, "Well, it's only a thousand dollars. We can afford it." And I was like, "If I asked for a thousand dollar toy in the '80s, my parents would have laughed at me and kept walking." First of all, what child's toy needs to be a thousand... That's $1,000 in the 80s. What is that now? I don't even
3: know. know. It was insanity. Like $1 at the American Girl Doll Store. (laughs) Right. Like,
0: he... And he was just like, you know, um, Christmas is what did he, his quote was like. Christmas is the time where parents buy kids what they want to like, show them
3: that they love them, To show
0: them that they love them. That's right.
3: I was like, excuse you,
1: Daryl,
0: <laughs> Daryl. So Daryl ends up accidentally meeting the the wacky wall walkers because they're dressed as Santa trying to figure out what Christmas is and um I do have one other funny line or it wasn't really a funny line but to me it was something that made me laugh out loud um when crazy legs the green one went to go get the Christmas dinner at the buffet (laughs) it's tuna casserole and he got tuna casserole (laughs) and he's like this is Christmas and I was like you know what You know what, Daryl, or Crazy Legs, I feel like all of us at some point in our lives have had what we could call a tuna noodle casserole Christmas, where you're just like, it's Christmas, you're not in the mood, you are excited, and you open this gift that you think is going to be that one thing that you want, and you open it, and you get it, and you're like, oh, I got a box full of tuna noodle casserole. (laughs) I don't know. Did
3: you ever get a gift like that? Where you're like, oh my God, I can't wait to get what this is. I can't get, I can't wait. And I open it and then, oh. Oh, yeah. Yeah, for sure. I can even tell you what it was. Please do. It was a pink sweatshirt (laughs) that was two sizes too small. And it had been puffy painted with a pocket. There was a blue pocket puffy painted on it with a goose hanging out of it. And someone bought that for me when I was 14 years old oh my gosh my gift is what
0: I got when I was 14 we're so weird (laughs) so I remember like you know we would always say like the big gift at the end of Christmas and I was handing out Christmas presents and for some reason in my mind, the big gift was the big one. And I was like, oh, I can't wait to see what this is. It's a big box. I think I thought it was some type of like fancy, like stereo or fancy like DVD player. Like it was in a big, it was in a big box. And I was just like, oh, I can't wait. I can't wait, I can't wait. And I remember my parents being like, you should open that earlier. We don't know why you're saving that. And I was like, guys, it's the big one. And I opened it up and it was a magic performing kit with a top hat and magic toy stuff. And I stood there for a second, and I couldn't even... You know me, I can't hide my face now. As a child, <laughs> I couldn't hide it even more. And oh, I gosh. looked at it, and I looked at them, and I would never forget, it, it was... I, <laughs> my dad was like, well, we thought you might like that because you like doing theater. And I, was, I just remember looking at them being like... Um, you can take this back. <gasps> no! I, I was such a bratty little Jason, little you were a Daryl. I was a total Daryl at that moment. <laughs> <laughs> oh, my oh gosh. Oh, my gosh. So, let me ask this. Um, would you, would, I think maybe you've already said it. Would you watch this again? Yeah. Yeah, I, I, would, think too. I, would.
3: I yeah, would, too. I think I would. I would, too. Yeah, I just I really like. Plus, it's short. I think if it was very much longer, it might have been a no to watch mm-hmm. again. But it's so short, it's like you can fit it. You can so, fit it in in between other Christmas yeah, movies. Let's
0: let's do it on our rainbow candy cane scale of one through five, with five rainbow candy canes being the best. How many rainbow candy canes would you give it?
3: I gave it three and a half. Okay,
0: all right. I I would give it three. I don't know if I go three and a half because there was one point where I totally checked out. I was like, I started doing other things and I forgot that I was supposed to be watching it and it's my show, Uh, but I would give it three just, and I think, I think the reason we're ranking it so high though, honestly, is the nostalgia factor, because I feel like there are other shows that will probably get ranked throughout the, the episodes coming up that will rank higher or lower, but this one, I think you're right. It's the nostalgia factor I think is giving it a better score.
3: Yeah. And it was kind of, I mean, at the end, like how they actually... Figure out what Christmas is mm-hmm. was just very, it was very sweet. Very, you know, Daryl comes around and they, you know, there's just a lot happening there. And then, and then they lose Baby Boo at one time at one point, And when they find him, he's like all Christmased out too. So yeah. it was just, it was-
0: it's, it, it was a very sweet ending. It was a yeah. very it was a very Christmas magic memory moment. Yeah, very eighties ending yeah. too. Yeah, yeah. Now, um, you know, this is keeping the old tag gay with Kaysen, So I always look for any kind of bonus gay material in these specials mm-hmm. because, yes. you know, for a long time in game in, in media, gay people were not seen or they were just used as. Um, stereotypes for humor or for danger or whatever so um growing up i learned about how like people would throw some gay into some shows for the for the for the lgbtq audience to listen to so did you see any bonus gays because i feel like we did there were some bonus gay moments but i want to know what did you think
3: yeah i definitely thought that wacky was probably a bonus gay (laughs) and (laughs) and then um like throughout he just felt like he was working it um he did yeah 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 he just had that little like i don't know um but then the king i also thought he's not in it very much um but I definitely felt like there was some vibing going on between wacky and the king.
0: I think it's so funny because I felt the same way. I was like, are they kind of flirty? Yeah wacky. Like, the king was, like, the dandy. Like, just, you know, like, oh, let's give him a very dandy style voice. And wacky, you know, wacky could have gone either way, but I don't know. I thought it was kind of cute. And I was like, oh, what if the king and wacky? Because we don't know how these octopi what their relationships are like, you know? They all got along. There was no, there was no, there was no romance plot and I love that. I love that we weren't forced to see some ridiculous romance plot. But anyway, Uh, yeah I 100% agree there was some bonus gay in it who knows if we'll find other bonus gay but um, so yeah you should definitely check out the uh, (laughs) deck the halls with wacky walls Uh, what a great time it is and you can check that out on YouTube and again it's only like 20 minutes and uh, we give it an average rating of three candy canes Sarah gave it an extra one but you know Um, (laughs) Sarah thank you so much for doing this part of the show Yeah, thank you for having me. Of course. We'll talk to you next time, okay? Okay. Oh, Sarah. Yes. Um, It's never too early to say, Merry Christmas.
3: Merry Christmas. (laughs)
0: I love ending each episode with a Christmas memory. So I invited my friend Sarah back to tell us one of hers. If you'd like to share a Christmas memory, don't forget you can email us at keeping the at gmail.com or you can leave a voicemail by simply going to anchor.fm slash keeping the gay. Once you click on the main page, you'll be able to see where you can leave a voicemail. It's quick, it's easy, and I can't wait to hear from you.
3: So one Christmas memory I would like to share is um, we'd gone to visit our friends. We've been friends with these uh, people for over 20 years, and we were helping our goddaughter and godsons uh, decorate the tree. It was it was so much fun, and um, so then Chris, my husband, handed my goddaughter my engagement ring. And um, he actually told her, um, she said, she said, Uncle Chris wants to ask you to marry him. (laughs) And I like freaked out. I had no idea that that was going to happen at all. And um, yeah, that's one of my absolute favorite Christmas memories.
0: Well, that wraps up our first episode. Links for Ned's items are in the show notes, if you want them, as well as links to Mercury Poisoning and Desiree Decline. Like and follow us to stay up to date on all new episodes of the show. Huge thanks to Sarah for coming on and talking about Deck the Halls with Wacky Walls. I hope you all come back and join us again as we put the mess in Christmas. Bye. Thank you for listening to Keeping the Yuletide Gay with Gason. The First Noel, Oh Christmas Tree, We Wish You a Merry Christmas, Hark the Herald Angels Sing, The Twelve Days of Christmas, and Silent Night the Disco Edition are all provided by FreeXmasMP3.com.